Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. It's a little bit different this week (laughs) (laughs) because you can probably hear him. He's laughing over there and he's not actually on the other side of the screen. We're currently sat in a hotel room in Glyn's bedroom. <laughs> not sharing this time, not, actually. No, not sharing. First time no. in ages we've had our own room. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're in a place called Nykirk in Holland. We've just come off the back of the photography show, which was uh, last weekend. Yep. And now we've both flown out over. You've been here a day earlier than me. Yeah, I got here a day early and didn't have a room, which was interesting. <laughs> but managed to sort that out. So you slept in a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for stereotypes. Yeah, and I got in today, and I got—I uh, was a little bit delayed by um, by fog in Amsterdam. Clarify what you said then. I got fog in fog Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, <laughs> of which Glenn then sent me a picture of a beautiful Amsterdam clear blue sky. I have no idea what that was about, mate, because no. it's been a beautiful day here. It really has. So this is my first time in Holland. Um, I've actually been through Amsterdam Airport, but it's the first time I've ever set foot in Holland. So it's really good to be here. This is the professional imaging show, which is you've done before. Yep. But this is my first time, and I'm doing a class called Why a Graphic Designer is Your Best Friend. And you're doing... I'm doing two different talks. One of them is um, uh, using technology for today's uh, portraits. Uh, that's on the live shooting stage. And then my talk in the professional imaging theatre, I've kind of adapted it. It's a little bit of what I do on the live stage, but it's also got something in there called Some of My Worst Pictures Are Actually My Best. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, something we did last week, which was uh, a first time for us, is we did a special live edition of He Shoots, He Draws at the photography show. And what was brilliant about it, apart from the fact that I absolutely loved every second of doing it, is... We gave everyone the full experience. So from the from the <laughs> off, we had David McClellan there, who is the the voice you, of the, the intro. The voice of the intro, yeah. and you're seeing him on telly. He does rip off Britain and any tech news on BBC. Uh, so we played the music. David did the actual live intro of its He Shoots He Draws podcast with Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton, and we had a very special guest, someone we've had on the episode before or on, on the podcast before Dickie Pelham mm-hmm. and he went through kind of 15 iconic sports photographs from his um, collection because he's got a book coming out in October um, we had a live episode on stage which I was quite funny it was Dickie did brilliantly he was an absolute legend it, it, it worked really really well yeah I quite like that format it really did it did I was, yeah I don't know how often we'll get to do it live but it definitely did work well and what I kind of liked was me and you because we obviously we record it generally remote you're at your house I'm at mine and when we're interviewing people, we kind of know the nod to give each other yeah. when when that person's got something to say. And we were doing that on stage. There yeah. was no kind of like overlap. It kind With of flowed like almost glance. like... It's almost like we'd rehearsed it and we hadn't done it. It just worked really, really well. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. So that was really good. And we had a great time at the show and saw some old friends like Moose Peterson, Joe McNally... Uh, met all the vendors you did some stuff with Westcott mm-hmm. um, I just want to thank as well Pete and Mark who helped me I was managing the live stage in this new thing called the editing suite and Tony Harmer um, did all the Adobe sessions absolute legend David McClellan did his first classes and we learned a I lot learned about loads about multi-cam I mean, editing multi-cam editing microphones all the different kind of 
I forget what he called them now, but the, the different kind of nodules that a microphone, three, three and a half mil microphone jack can have, which means why it won't work in some things, it will in others. Because that's foxed me. Yeah. And I think, why won't this work? And I think I've actually sent a microphone back to Amazon because <laughs> it wasn't working. But now David's proved that it was me just not knowing what the yeah. hell I was doing. Yeah, so. did a great class. And very, we, very we, good. We've yeah. both downloaded the app, so we might have a play with that. I don't like being on video particularly, but we can have a play. <laughs> we might use it one day. But yeah, so it was brilliant, the photography show. Um, we want to thank them for their sponsorship of us up to the show, which was brilliant. This week's episode, we're um, partnered with Rocky Nook um, because Glenn did his book signing there. Mm-hmm. He had his books. Alan Hess's books were there as well. Um my book is still going to be about eventually soon this year. Yeah, let's not talk about yeah. that. <laughs> um, but that will be Rocky Nook. So uh, we're partnered with Rocky Nook at the moment. Um, but yeah, so we're here this week and we thought we can't not put an episode out. So we're actually sat in our room mm-hmm. on on episode day, yep. Friday evening. Um, it's a bit of a different episode tonight. It's not a, It's not a ranty one and it's not with a guest, but... We've had some long conversations lately and a lot of things have happened, more so on Glyn's side, which is he's going he's gonna to be talking about something and we'll come back to it at the end. But um, I think it's like a culmination of things that we've been talking about, things that have happened and things yeah. that have affected you specifically. Um, and as you'll see from the uh, show graphic, it's we're talking about forgiveness now this isn't like a deep. No, this isn't. This is nothing religious. Nothing religious. It's not. This. No. It is. It is deep in a way. It's serious. We're not mucking about on this, but um, I think what we'll do is we'll just get on with it and let yep. you let you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just. I've got something here. Read that your I, thoughts. I was. I sat at the airport while I was waiting to pick you up today, and I did loads of writing, which I thought was going to end up being a blog post. It may still be a blog post, but um, I kind of cleared it with you that I think this is something that would make a good episode. Yeah. Not because we want a filler, but I actually think it's really important. And I'm hoping in some way it'll kind of get a message out. Even if it's just one person, it might make them think a bit different, as I have recently, then great. But um, I'll read it through. Dave, you might want to just kind of just chill while before, I read before, it. Before we do it, can Go I on. just do one thing? Go on. Glyn, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do I start? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to sit back and I'll let you... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's well, I'll, to read I'll here, come back in the end. All right, so this is what I wrote down for, originally for the blog post, and it's all to do with some things that have happened uh, over the last few weeks and also uh, a bit of soul-searching, a bit of kind of realisation about certain things about me that I don't like. This isn't going, you know, it's not like a negative thing. It's actually positive, so I'm going to read this all out for you. So bear with me while I read this out. So it goes with this. It says, For more years than I dare recall, I've had no contact with my mum. Family issues, not unlike any other family, I guess. But the reason, don't really know now, don't really want to know, to be honest. But something has changed in me over the past few months, and I'm glad that it has. All my adult life, I've been black and white. Do wrong by me, upset me, you're gone. Events and circumstances grown up made me this well. Self-preservation, I guess. It hasn't worked, though. I'm 47 years of age at the time of writing this, and all my adult life, if not since my early teenage years, I've harboured anger. It's always been there under the surface, waiting for any excuse to show itself. Unable to do something would be my family's fault. Bad traffic would be my family's fault. Cutting my hand when doing some repairs at home would be my family's fault. You get the picture. I thought I wasn't missing certain people. I thought I could go through life without ever seeing them again. Heck, there was even an immature side of my personality that wouldn't back down and was almost proud of how many years had gone by. It proved I took no crap, right? Wrong. I got back with my brother Liam a couple of years back. Best day ever. 
we're close, always were. He didn't do anything wrong but became a victim of circumstances I kept away. My problem over the past few years since being back is finding it hard not to pay for everything when we're back together. I told him once that the owner of a local curry house gave me a takeout that I took round for all of us to tuck into, completely free. He didn't. I just didn't want Liam to feel embarrassed that I got it for us all. I'd not seen my dad for many years and found out last August through Facebook that he'd died. For all the time Liam and me had been back in contact, I'd explain that when that time came, I wouldn't be able to go to the funeral. Lots of reasons, but ultimately funerals aren't the place to see people you haven't seen in a long time when feelings between you aren't good. Funerals are emotionally charged times and people can react in ways you wouldn't expect. That's understandable. It wasn't something I wanted to risk. My dad made it clear he didn't want to know me when he was alive. Face to face, I asked him for a relationship and he turned it down. This wasn't a good time. Liam and me had words and didn't speak for months, but I couldn't and wouldn't let it happen again. So we met, we chatted, we didn't hold anything back. We talked and we listened. It's going to take time, but I'm here for him, always. When he's ready, his big brother is. On the lead up to Christmas 2018, I saw my other brother, Greg. Solid, dependable, straight down the line. Love him. Said I wanted to photograph him in his military uniform, so we arranged it. It was so good to catch up and I was so happy to do the portrait for him. Well, when I say for him, if I'm completely honest, for my mom. When I gave him the print all framed and wrapped up, I told him that if he felt the urge, he could wrap it up again and give it to my mom. I kind of wanted him to. I wanted her to have a photo of Greg that she wouldn't normally get. I know she's so proud of him. I mean, who wouldn't be? I can't explain why wanting to do this came over me. It just did. Greg gave her the picture at Christmas and said she was overwhelmed. We have another brother, Scott, who's autistic and lives local to Greg. I'd not seen him for years too, but that time soon disappeared once I visited him with Greg, who sees him every week. Scott definitely recognised me. That felt so bloody good. When I went a second time, we got a photo of the three of us together. Such a great photo. All three of us smiling, all three of us looking at the camera. Photoshop nowhere to be found. Printed some copies out. I sent one for Greg and one for Greg to give to Mom. A big print is being done for Scott that will go on the wall in his living room. I guess with the picture of Greg and now the picture of the three of us, I was holding out an olive branch, if that makes sense. So now let me tell you about someone called Reg Charles, a World War II veteran I recently photographed, a former stranger that has now changed my life. I photographed Reg for the World War II project, such a wonderful, calm, gentle man surrounded by a loving family. When I saw him a second time to deliver his portrait, we sat and chatted some more. I asked him how he had dealt with all the horror that he'd seen and experienced during World War II. He said one word, forgiveness. This hit me hard. Driving home, I couldn't stop thinking about forgiveness and what it really meant. If Reg can forgive all that he experienced, then surely I can. Reg told me that forgiveness isn't weakness. It's quite the opposite, in fact. It's strength. It was time to make a change. All my life, I thought I knew what was best for me, when really I didn't. What I thought was best was actually causing me more upset and more anger. It was creating baggage. Baggage I was sick and tired of carrying around with me. Hell, I didn't even know I was carrying it until something in aim would happen and serve to remind me. Bottom line, if I wanted things to be different, then I need to do something different. I need to go against my natural instinct that clearly doesn't know what is best for me. How can I possibly keep on doing the same thing but expect different results? I binge-watched Ricky Gervais's new series, Afterlife, the story of a man whose wife has died of cancer and left him a video diary of how to get on with life without her. He's angry, he's bitter, and he's on a self-destruct mode. 
In the final episode, he's sitting on a bench in a cemetery talking to an elderly woman he's befriended. And with the realisation that things can be different if you let them, he says that he's realised you can't change the world, but you can change yourself. I sat with my iPhone and explained all that I was thinking. I need to change this black and white bit of my personality. I need to get rid of this underlying, ready-to-erupt anger. I don't like it. As ever, she was totally and utterly supportive. Understandably cautious because what I explained meant seeing folks I'd not seen for a long time. But that's Anne not wanting anything or anyone to cause us more upset. I love her so much. So I visited my mom. Greg had given her the heads up that I might. I asked him what reaction he got and he told me the first thing she said was, what shall I cook him? It felt weird I wasn't nervous. I just walked up to the door and rang the bell. Mom opened the door and a big beaming smile. I stepped in and we hugged. And we hugged, followed by, do you want a cup of tea, love? We stood chatting in the kitchen for ages. So much to talk about, but not going over old wounds. Too early for those conversations, if indeed they ever need to be talked about. No need to go over the past, it's the future that's important. So we were sat in the front room, still chatting. My mum said it felt strange. Strange that the years don't feel like they've happened. That's how it felt for me too. We'd slipped back into mom and son. It's early days, but I'll be going back again, that's for sure. I feel lighter, I feel different, and I feel calm. Strange? Weird? Nah, it just feels right. So that is what I was writing for my blog. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the record, that is the first time I've heard any of that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, some of it I know because I've known you. I I, I was there when you, we were talking. I remember us very clearly. I was... Uh, at work and I'd gone out to lunch and, and walked around by the shops and you rang and you said that um, you were thinking of meeting Liam. Yeah. And I remember saying, do you want me to come? Do you want me, to, like, you know, the protective brother, mm-hmm. um, go in a public place, don't leave yourself open. And I remember you going along and I, I kind of sort of felt, I was apprehensive because I know how, what had gone on in your life and how important it was that this meeting with your brother could go one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Now, as it turned out, I remember having this conversation with Anne, um, was when you connected with Liam, that kind of initial relief of everything was all right, you know, and Ben had reached, his son Ben had been the one to get you together. And I remember saying to Anne, like, the change in your personality mm. was such that I actually backed away from you. Yeah, I know. We, me and Anne talked about that. It was yeah. clear that you'd kind of done that. It was because, yeah. you know, you and I have this relationship where I've been kind of your protector, you've been my protector, but you, you had your brother back. And I know the relationship I've got with my two brothers, and I made a conscious effort to not kind of distract you from from this. Didn't, didn't you have a conversation with Anne just briefly say I hope he doesn't think I'm backing off yeah him. it was kind of just so you know I'm doing it because I know he needs time with yeah. Liam and, yeah you yeah. needed to focus on the Liam stuff and it was funny because we chatted about this tonight mm. um, about some other things yeah and I said how and I've said it on the podcast before I, I think where I could get a text from you and just your just your first response to some things I can tell you're having a bad day mm-hmm and I always know that that bad day isn't because you got an email from a supplier that didn't fulfil a, a question you had. Mm. It was you were still angry about the stuff that had been going yeah, it's on. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's like I said there. There's, there's, it's kind of there's like a realization that I thought I was dealing with it. It was in the back of my mind. In fact, Greg, my other brother, he said to me that 
years ago when I met up with Greg in Warwick before, because obviously Greg's in the military, he was going off to Afghanistan. And uh, we arranged to meet up in a mutual place. We had a really lovely time chatting away in Warwickshire. And Greg distinctly remembers me saying, I don't think about family now. And he reminded me of this recently. That, and because Greg is so, like I said there, he's so solid, so straight down the line. Mm. And he just wants what's best for everybody. Greg said, even when I said it then, he said, I knew that it was rubbish. He yeah. said, because how can you? How can you possibly not think of family? The fact that I even said it means I am. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just one of those things. So Greg always knew that I was I was, I was, was almost trying to force it. Well, it's, I don't think it's relevant for this, but that thing of fake it till you make it. I was almost trying to force myself into that way. It wasn't natural. Whereas what I'm doing now, you know, taking slow steps with it, mm. um, is natural. That's why when I you know, got back together with my mom, we opened the door, we had a huge hug but there were no tears, yeah. which was, I was kind of expecting that there would be loads of tears, but there just weren't. And it really did feel that within a few minutes of us talking, it felt like I'd been there the week before and nothing had ever happened. Yeah. Which you, you kind of want to clear the air about a few things that I know I've said which were wrong, and I'm sure on my mum's side as well. But then you also think, do you know, what's the point? Yeah, why, just, why just, go for old ground? Let's just move on. You can't yeah. go back and change anything that happened. Yeah. And whether this is family or friends, or work, is the thing that happened, happened. And like we've said before, things happen when people are having a bad day, mm. and you don't know they're having a bad day. But I know from the time I've known you that you having a bad day, there's always that underlying anger. It becomes more than what it originally yeah. was. Now, now, one thing I will, I know, again, we chatted about this over dinner before we've recorded this here, this thing about the whole forgiveness. There are... Uh, it isn't, um, like Reg said to me, that it's not to be viewed as a weakness. If anything, it's quite the opposite. It's a strength. But what I'm not talking about here is because clearly in life, there are some people that aren't good to have in your life. Yeah. So this isn't a case of, listen, anybody who does me wrong, hey, just forgive them. It's okay. Yeah. Because some people, and I'm not going to name them on here because that would be completely wrong to do that, but there are, and I've, I've told this to my mom, I've told it to my brothers, that there are some family members I can't get back to I don't naturally feel like I want to because maybe too much has gone under the under the, you know too much water's gone mm. under the bridge or I just know that it won't be a good thing it never was a yeah. good thing if I'm honest but no matter how hard I tried there were there are certain people in my family that I just cannot mentally there's something in there do you know what I mean it's like a subconscious thing I need to have these people in my life yeah and me not having them in my life has made me the way it has all these years up until the age of 47 where there's underneath that surface, just bobbing about underneath the surface is a bit of anger. Yeah. And if you said you noticed the difference when I met up with Liam, that difference is how I feel having first now met up with my mum again. And I want to have that calm. Do you know what I mean? It's just not, it's not good. I want to be more like Reg. You know what I mean? Of just having that kind of forgiveness. Jesus, what excuse have I got, really? Oh, when you, you, know think, I mean? when you yeah. think what he's done, what he experienced, what he saw, and you see the families around, he got around him, like his daughter Sheila and everybody else. He has so got a lovely family around him. I don't want to be known as the person who's black and white. Hmm. And I have been. If you're honest with me, you'll know, you will say that crumbs don't. Oh, I you know, describe you. I've, I've when people have been like, oh, is, is Glenn okay? Or he, he, that thing he posted the other day seemed quite angry and, and I always say to people Glenn's the kind of person to get on in life based on his ex- previous experiences to get on in life he has to have this um oh, I can't think what the word would be but you have this ability to switch off 
the negative parts of your life, mm. but you do it in such a way that it's like a complete close off. So yeah. no, I'm done with that. I don't need that because I want to focus on this. Yeah. And and I know that I saw you lift when you you know when you kind of got back with with Liam is it changed your personality it changed even changed your work i said this to you earlier mm. the the enthusiasm you had for your work suddenly like elevated you were being really creative and positive oh, but i wonder and- if it was more of a motivation because again something else we spoke about was what was driving me for years was that um that thought of right one day i'll show these people that i've made something of myself and i was going to say that i'll get something big will happen where i'll pay for a two-page spread in their local newspaper local boy does good yeah and a lot of good things have happened i mean you know i've had books at bestsellers i was in the new york times Mm. you know i've presented on stages as you have in las vegas and washington atlanta you know all these places and a lot of good stuff has happened but it, and like and answered to me, will there ever be anything big enough? And then really, when when I think when the latest book went to, no, it's actually when the first book went to bestseller. Mm. We think yes. Then I kind of talked about it, and Anne even said to me, "Do you really need to?" Yeah. And she's so right because I can't go through my my life, this creative career, and expect to move on if my only motivation is to prove somebody wrong. Yeah. It's got to be an inner thing. Um, and so for you to say that you notice a difference, not necessarily in the actual, I don't know what it was that you said there, the creative side of it or what, but there's maybe a different feel to my pictures now. Yeah. Because they was, used to be very moody, very dark. There was dark. more energy. I mean, you still have a, you still have a look where you create, a, you create a mood in your images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... When you think about like all the bodybuilders and the boxers and the kickboxing, yeah, there was anger. It was a very ag- ag- aggressive yeah. environment. Yeah, but no, your your um, I think your enthusiasm to what you were doing changed because it was like uh, you you had like and you probably still have you had an amount of boulders on you mm. and you released a big one. You still you're still gonna have some little ones because, like you said, if there's toxicity in yeah. in certain environments, you there there are some things you can't forgive, mm. but. A lot of things that have happened to both of us, and there have been examples where we've been friends and I've had your back and you've had my back. Mm-hmm. There are instances where forgiveness isn't needed. It, it isn't a case of that person did me wrong or that person upset me. It's not that you have to forgive them. You, they can still be out of your life because they're not important enough that if you went back and went, you know, I'm really sorry that happened. Like, I, you know, just there still isn't a friendship there anyway. It, mm. it's, it's like with social media, we said, people can go and write something nasty, but they've forgotten about you 10 seconds yeah. later. And mm. I know you would be, some days where we've, <laughs> especially when you had a glass of wine when you've been podcasting, is you'd be angry about a situation. And I'd always know you weren't angry about that situation. Mm. You had this other thing that was making you angry, and it just so happened that that day you had a bad day. You'd go off on one, you'd be like, ah, ah. And, and I was sad for you because it's like, I don't like seeing you like it. I don't like, and some days it's like, no, I, I, I can't bring, Glyn needs to work this one out today. He's got to get yeah. out of his system, and the next day you're back, you know, you're back to normal. Let's just, let's just clarify something. I don't, I don't go through my days of being no, no. angry. We both, angry. We, we both have a bit of a rant <laughs> it kind of show, it, it was just showing itself, and, and, you know, this could be the same for everybody. That They do something, it doesn't work out, they'd be annoyed. But my annoyance would become amplified. Yes. And it's like, that's more than just being annoyed about that. Yeah. 
And when I said there about stuck in traffic, when I said doing DIY, it really would. I remember I broke my um, I broke my left knuckle uh, going back a few years ago. I was doing something on the stairs. I was having to, I was putting some carpet down. I was trying to model it. So I was using a hammer on the stairs. And as I m- went to strike with the hammer, I missed the step. And I ended up inadvertently punching the stairs. And there was a crack, the sound of a crack. And that was my actual hand breaking. But then I was angry that I'd done that. All of a sudden, that underlying anger was there. I then, in anger, punched the stairs again with my broken hand. And I had to go to hospital and, you know... And I tried to tell him that the doctor odds kind of, you know, oh, Fell. I did this. And then he says, wow, that's just like a punch injury. Really? Oh, right. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, well. Mm, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're one of the most generous, giving, sharing people. When you, you know, you just look at the work you do and the kind of work you do, that it is, I mean, the first time when you stood up at Photoshop World, given that I kind of knew some of your background, you, mm. you, you weren't talking to some of your family, and you stood up on stage at Photoshop World at the end and you did this talk, mm-hmm. and, and but I had sweaty eyes. Yeah, but yeah. you were telling that story about when you were a kid and there was a lot of things I hadn't really known the full story. Yeah. And it kind of gave me a, a, an ability then to probably understand you a bit more the way, you, the way you'd had that black and white thing mm-hmm. because it was a self-preservation. But seeing, having talked to you about it recently and like knowing you were going to meet your mum and everything, I'm obviously still thinking, I hope it works out all right. I hope it's good. It and will, like you said, small right, steps. Yeah. It's not like a full on. But I think for all of us, when we have those things in our life, you kind of have to look at the piles of, of, of grievance is you're always going to have maybe a big pile over here if you keep chipping at you'll make it a small pile till in the end it's not there anymore Mm. and there may be some that will continue to grow that there isn't anything there to forgive Mm. but you're right it's not a weakness it's I know in my in my working career there's been situations where I've not spoken to people in fact I had it in a within a family situation where um, I was previously married my best friend was married to my then wife's sister and me and him didn't speak to each other for the best part of two and a half years. Mm. And we'd sit in the same living room and act like the other wasn't there. God. Now, there was a reason for it, and it was something that he had done wrong, and I was protective of the family. But we sat there for two and a half years. Imagine how awkward yeah, yeah, yeah. that was for everybody. And then one day, I just pulled him to one side and said, why are we doing this? Because mm. it, it hurts everybody else. You know what you did was wrong, and you know I'm not happy about it. But we're brothers-in-law. We were we were mates, and mm. we're brothers-in-law. This this is silly. Now the relationship was never as it used to be, but we had to have that kind of, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. clear the air. And and after that, it was just it was less awkward. Mm. But it it sometimes you hold you can kind of hold the grudge, but you forget all the people around it that it affects. Yeah, and well. also there's the thing. I don't know if you had it, but with certainly with me and other people that I've had issues with, let's say in the family, it was a case of, um. Why is it always me that has to make the move? Do you know what I mean? Why can't somebody else do it? So that's how I generally went through. Look, you know, I was kind of thinking that, look, you know, I all my life I've been the one that's made that step to try to get everything sorted. Just for once, I'd like to see somebody do it for me. And it doesn't happen. And I was kind of going through my adult life thinking, well, that's because they don't want to know me. That's yeah. their, but but really, when you start, when I and this isn't all the, always the case, but speaking to some people in my family that I ha, I am now thankfully connected with, it wasn't that they didn't want to, 
they just didn't know what reaction they were going to get. Understandably, yeah. here's me, black and white. I can understand that they think they wouldn't get a good reaction. So although they wanted to speak, the fact that they didn't meant that in their mind, there was a hope. Because if they had spoken and I cut them off, they knew for definite. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they, the fact that they didn't ask meant there was always that chance. Yeah. But if they had asked and it was a no, that was it. Line yeah. drawn. So I totally, totally get that. And Liam was a perfect example. Liam was a perfect example. He could example. have reached and out Liam to him at was, any time. Liam has never, ever done anything. Um, but it's just it was just victim of circumstance. Yeah. And if I could rewind that time so that I'd never done that, my mate, I I would do. I absolutely would do. But I can't. I can't. Basically, no. but you are. You I mean? are. I am That's... who I am, and um, I guess my way of kind of showing. Oh, I don't know. I, I I think I am a very generous person, and I just I feel this. I, I'm one thing I'm struggling with with Liam and with Greg and with Scotty and be everybody else who I get to meet with is this having this generous thing. I feel like I need to give and share yeah. and buy. And so I'm having to kind of stop doing that. Yeah. Um, you, Cause you've got nothing to compensate for and you can sometimes do more harm because then if you start doing that too much, that can become an expectation and then you can have a falling out well, again yeah, because yeah, I guess it could do, but I think if anything in our case, it's just be case of look, you, it's embarrassing for people. They're going to feel awkward and, that I don't want to do. I yeah. don't want to make them feel that way. There's enough for us to deal with than having to throw in another emotion into the mix. Yeah. You know, so um, I'll, I'll stop doing it. But it's, I also just like giving stuff to people anyway. Yeah, you know I'm what I mean? Same. I'm like, yeah. I know every time I have an interview now with people and, and it's really lovely that people say, you know, you're one of the most kindest, generous and it's because I want to be thought well of. Mm. But doesn't mean... I'm a walkover and it doesn't mean if somebody did me wrong, I'd may not necessarily re- react on the outside, but inside I can actually be really upset, really yeah. hurt, you know, and we've had a couple of, in- I'm not going to name names. There's been a couple of instances in our career where there's been a couple of fallings out mm. and I've never, re- I've never really gone back and felt the need to kind of make friends, but any of those people I'd sit here now opposite them and have a beer with them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because it's just, we we could end up being in the same environment where, again, you don't want to make it awkward for other people. But it's with your me, battle, not theirs. Yeah, but with me, yeah. pre-meeting Reg Charles, pre-watching Ricky Gervais' Afterlife, I would have gone, nah, I could be in the same lift as them and not talk to them <laughs> ever again. Do you know what I mean? But now... Um, and it'll be something I have to work on. But now I think, no, if I see that person or those people that we know there have been a few issues. I mean, with thousands of people in the industry that you meet, there's bound to be a few clashes. But I know that I would be able to say, how are you doing? Do you want to, you know, yeah. or whatever. I just, because I just don't need it. Yeah. You do not need it. We're and getting I, older we're now, We're getting Glenn. older. We, 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 don't, we haven't got the energy to carry this baggage. that you've just shown me on your presentation, <laughs> For which is when we first met. And oh, yeah. now I do feel old because yeah. there I do look younger, and I'm You're like, oh 12. my lord! Well, like the baldest twelve-year-old I've ever seen. <laughs> I must think I should shave this beard off because of the brain. It, but then no, you wouldn't want to look. No, I look weird without a beard. Yeah, now. I look <laughs> weird without a beard. <laughs> so yeah, really, um, without it sounding kind of cheesy or anything, I think. I mean, especially the World War Two project, and and I don't mean it to sound cheesy when I say this, but because the world is a different place. But one of the things I've heard from the stories that you've been telling me, because you've obviously gone and spent time with these yeah, guys, is yeah. 
and and I, and I have always kind of said it with kids is or, you know with young men is when you look when you look back and think some of the hardships our grandparents went through at, at young ages you know f- fighting in a war at 17 18 19 you know coming home bringing up bringing up a family in hard times and you know trying to put food on the table and the work ethic and everything is the problems we have these days are incomparable they are but they're, know, they're as relevant yeah they are because whatever you're going through yeah. is as bad to, when, to you and then you're dealing with but it, when you're it? sat there with a 90 year old guy who was saying like, he lost all his friends in his platoon and then he came back and this happened that happened they got in lifelong injuries and then you're sitting there thinking oh i just fell out with someone today because they didn't reply to yeah. an email it's yeah. if, if anything it's kind of it has been an unexpected kind of um humbling yeah humbling experience slap around the face wake up call whatever you want to call it that's yeah. that's definitely and i did not see that coming at all so it's kind of weird it sounds really arty doesn't it but, but photography has taken on a whole new perspective for me over yeah. the last i don't know how long i've been doing this project now almost two years yeah it's things probably have happened. a bit longer i it probably a bit longer but yeah i think you're gonna, you're gonna kind of wrap it there saying you know forgiveness blah 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 all I will say is, for me, doing this uh, uh, forgiveness, kind of like just, just thinking, you know, enough's enough, that kind of a thing, it's not something that I force myself to do. No. I'm 47, 48 this year. It just feels right now. Like the thing when I photographed my brother Greg, with the intention of him give that to mom. Yeah. That wasn't something, that just some, that just appeared in my head. There was nothing that drew up, you know, kind of led me up to that. It just suddenly happened that I felt it felt right to do that. So all this kind of like just moving on, put things, you know, put things to bed and just crack on and and get back with those people are really important to you. I, it's only now that I could do that. Yeah. A year ago, I couldn't have forced myself to do it because it wouldn't have been right. No, no. And also with the forgiveness thing, and we will we will come to the end of it is. um, it does, what we're not saying is go out there today and forgive everybody who's wronged you. No. It's just pick one per. If someone springs to mind, if you're listening to this and there's somebody that springs to mind and you just for one moment think, why, have, why did we fall out? Why have we fallen out? Why don't we talk to each other? What is the issue? Even just by thinking, is this correctable? If I correct this, if, I, if I'm the one that holds out the olive branch, will this make me a better person will it make me feel better will it make a situation better it doesn't mean you have to do it It just means you have to think about okay if you are still harboring you know a chip on your shoulder or a monkey on your back whatever they call it just to sit and think about can i correct this can i do something about it might be yes it might be a no but if it's a yes and it works out fine just think how like one less thing yes one less thing one less bit of baggage to carry around with you and if you are in any way like me and you have those thoughts of why is it always me that has to make the first move? Why can't they do it for once? I'm going to wait till they do it. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. And it might not be, as was with my case, it's, it might not be because they don't want to. It might be because they're scared to. Yeah. So, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. They, you're not seeing them now. So there you go. If you try to and they don't want to see you, you ain't going to see them. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So at least you'll know either way. But um, just to even make that move, 
if it hadn't worked out with me, you know, going around to my mom's or whatever, I'm just glad it didn't. If it hadn't worked out, I actually think I'd have felt better knowing that I'd tried. Yeah. That was it, rather than going through my life and maybe, well, there's no maybe about it, regretting big time in, in, yeah. in later years. And the part of that path is if you can try and leave social media out of it yeah do don't not use, use social media to air all this no crap. don't use it don't use it as a by, by all means like send an email send a private message but don't wash this out on social no. media because not that this is a family related thing but i remember there being an instance where somebody was being online somebody was being really aggressive about this specific thing and it became very apparent that conversations were had about why this person was being so vitriolic and eventually i held out the olive branch to this person and said look what's what's actually going on why where's this coming from and they wrote me a really long letter back explaining that when they were a child this like some didn't have a great childhood had some struggles coming to a country um things weren't working out and that's made them that and there were lots of other things but that's made them a really quite angry person and they were taking it out on on something that had no idea it was even a contributory factor to this person's bad day but you will you know sometimes you are going to be angry about other people and this is where the social media comes online it's a platform to kind of spill and attack and you go down that deep dark hole of mm. spite and you know trolling or whatever but really for what you know how does anger make you feel good mm. there's you're always there are times you're gonna get angry that's yeah natural. yeah we're always gonna get angry. however just make sure that you're angry about the thing that's made yeah. you angry and not if the thing 15 years ago yeah, if it's something else <laughs> if, it, if it becomes something else there's something there that needs to be dealt with yeah. that's why the company's invented stress balls <laughs> <laughs> do you know i had when i was a kid i had um because of all this i don't think i told you this and this I don't even know if I should share this, but I had a punch bag. I used to have such an anger issue that I had a punch bag, a canvas leather filled punch bag in mm. the garage. And when I used to have this anger, I used to go in there and absolutely kick the living out of it. Really? Because it was leather, my hands sometimes would slip off it and all my knuckles would just cut to shreds because it would just tear them yeah. up. But I'd just get, I would go ballistic as a kid. Again, because there's all this stuff underlined there that had happened but made me angry and I had no outlet for it. Yeah, so. I'm glad you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Bodybuilding really helped me, yes. believe me, it really did. Okay. So um, I'm going to let you finish because this has been yep. kind of your piece. But yeah, I think it's really, we really wanted to do this episode today because it's been on our mind and I know it's not completely photography related, but photography matter. is what brought us together. Photography has been a big part of your life over the last 10 years and there's been a lot of changes in in your life that have come from that yeah. through friendships and relationships. So mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting to hear you read that tonight. Cause like I said, I didn't know what you'd written. Mm -hmm. um, so that's because you your, that's your plane was left me at the airport for four hours. Yeah, true. I had plenty of time to write <laughs> that it. That was just a paragraph. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, cool. Now is next week as a bit of a heads up is next Friday. Is that going to be Austin's episode? I think next it is. It's the weekend Friday. before his book gets released. Yes. Yeah, so next, if next Friday is the yeah. 29th, which yes. it is, yeah, yeah, next yeah. Friday's episode is going to be with author, oh, creative, yes. artist, Austin Cleon. Unbelievable. Um, that's all packed and ready to go. 
so I cannot wait for folks to hear that one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ending this one, although it has been a positive episode. Yes, you know we've kind of you know. Well, you said his bit book of soul keep searching. going. You, his you, book. Oh yes, that's the thing. You see, yeah. Th- other things that have happened recently. The Ricky Gervais Afterlife made a big impact. Since Afterlife, while I've been here last night, getting here mm. the night before you did, I binge watched. Ricky Gervais's previous series on Netflix called Derek. Oh my God, be more Derek. That's yeah. what I say. When you watch that and you realise what it's all about, be more like Derek. You know yeah. what, a, what a lovely character. And then Austin Kleon's latest book, which we've had advanced copies from yeah. his publishers, uh, keep going. There's some damn good stuff in there. Yeah. And I, we don't get any kickback for mentioning this book. No, no. His first book made a massive impact on me, as did his second, Show Your Work, this third book, brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Cool. Well, I've got. I'm, I'm getting it off you because you can I have it? So I've got to read it yet. But we're going to end on a high. Yes. Okay. There's this one thing you told me today that I've not seen yet. You're going to show me when you wrap this episode up. You posted something on Twitter today. Oh yeah, yeah. I posted on Twitter that about uh, binge watching Derek, like I've just mentioned there. Ricky Gervais liked it. I was like a little kid at Christmas. <laughs> Ricky Gervais liked my tweet. And I've even screen grabbed it. To okay. keep. Like every time Joe McNally likes one of yeah, their yeah. tweets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That'll go but, in the folder there for keeps, definitely. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Okay, so yeah, thanks for listening. So we'll be back next week with Austin Cleon. We've got another couple of interviews lined up, which mm. will be back the week after. Yep. Um, I'm actually off to America on the 10th of April. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be grabbing a couple of interviews while I'm out Brilliant. there because we spent some time with... Um, what is that? What is that? That Creative... Creative South. Creative I was South. there last year. Do you remember we did that episode? I can't episode? believe that's a year since you I know. There. I was sat in my hotel room with crappy internet Wi-Fi <laughs> yeah. and I had my microphone in my shoe to make it stand up. <laughs> and then you passed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we, might try and, we might try and avoid that. We might try and do it. But I'm hoping to get a couple of interviews with um, some designery yeah uh, people while I'm out there but yeah we've, we've got some good people lined up and so we start next week with, oh uh, yeah with Austin Cleon so um, again right. as always you can find us on social media where he shoots he draws all the episodes are on he shoots he draws.com um please leave a review on iTunes if you can we really appreciate it and share it and tell your friends and retweet mm-hmm. and all those kind of things because we just like it when you do and if in any way what we've talked about tonight helps makes you think whatever yeah genuinely drop us an email yeah because all the email. emails that we've had it's, before when we had the things about like nathan's dad passing yes. away some of the stuff that was shared my i mean in fact i've even got the permission to mention about some of those tomorrow on the talk i'm giving okay. here at uh, in nyker yeah so, so that's um, podcast at he shoots he com. or if you go on the website under the episode we've left the comments open and you can leave a comment or you can contact us through the website and and uh Send a message through there if you don't want it being public. Mm-hmm. But um, cool. yeah, we, we've had, always had good responses for these kinds of episodes. So we hope somehow it helped. Mate, we need to get cracking now. You go back to your room, get yourself sorted, because tomorrow it all kicks off. Yeah, it's my, on stage. my brand new class, my <laughs> first ever time at this conference. So Brilliant. no pressure. No pressure. No yeah. pressure. All, all right, right we'll, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you and uh, good night. Good night.